We've got three scouting reports coming for you today with Cole Eiserman, Caden Lindstrom, and Igor Chernyshov, three power forwards for the 2024 NHL Draft, all coming up on today's episode of Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, we break down everything prospects related for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalakesh, shown by Sebastian High. And on today's episode, we're going to be going through three power forwards games for the 2024 NHL Draft. We'll start off with Cole Eichemann, um, one of the tentative kind of top five considered players on a lot of rankings. Uh, we'll talk about his game, what we saw in his kind of profile. We've watched each a game from the Summer Showcase um, at the World Junior um, kind of summer showcase where a bunch of U-20 teams face each other. Cole Eisenman was a part of that. Um, then we'll talk about Caden Lindstrom, a kind of under-mentioned player uh, for the 2023 uh, 2024 NHL draft who um, was fairly impressive in our viewings and has been getting some kind of traction recently. So we'll talk about his game and where he projects. And then we'll end things off um, with a personal favorite of mine and Igor Chernyshov. I've been following his game pretty closely since last year, and he's only gotten better, so we've watched a game each of him as well, and we'll talk about that in detail. Before we get into any of that, uh, just a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. It's always very much appreciated. So, Sebastian, uh, let's get started here with Cole Eisenman. Um, He's been getting a lot of hype. Um, and, you know, I've seen him as high as second, third overall um, for the uh, 2024 NHL draft in these tentative rankings. Um, so far in the viewings that we've both seen from him in uh, at the Summer Showcase, I see a very unidimensional player, a player who is good at one or two things and does them really, really well. But outside of that, I don't see a lot of reason to kind of consider him in that top three. Um so let's start with a game that uh, that you watched. Um, it's a game he didn't score in. He scored in one of the two games we have available to us. Um, what did you see from him in that game that stood out? And what are your major concerns so far in this game that could potentially leave him out of a top five or that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll preface it by saying that this was like both of the viewings that we had were of Cole Eisman when he was still 16 years old against yeah. mainly 19 and 20 year old competition. Mm-hmm. So uh, he was playing against some players that were a lot, lot older than him and some of the best players in that age group. Yeah. Uh, that said, there were definitely some things that I thought were quite notable, uh, despite like the, 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 the difficult circumstances that Eisman was playing in there. Yeah. Uh, I thought that he, uh, his defensive engagement was really, really low. Uh, I didn't really see a single effective back check in his entire game, and he played around tw- 12 minutes, so you'd hope to see a couple in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that his two-step acceleration was a bit of a question mark. Um, he struggled to kind of gain separation from his opponents, and um, yeah, like over- overall, like just the, the overall explosiveness in his lower body, I thought uh, that, that, that it needs improvement in order to benefit his style of play, which is he is a pure goal scorer. He tries to find whatever way he can to get to high danger situations and areas and to get the puck in the net. 
But if you're unable to kind of create separation with your feet, you have to create separation by thinking ahead of players, by uh, anticipating play, by a variety of different means. But when he's not really able to gain separation with his feet and he's playing against players that are three or four years older than he is, it's a bit difficult. And I think that showed in this game. Uh, but that said, he still got a lot of uh, shot attempts from high danger areas. He's quite effective at getting open down low. Uh, he's constantly like kind of moving around the slot off puck. I think he's quite an effective off puck player in the offensive zone. He's really good at uh, at, at not just finding space but creating space for himself by uh, taking some some lateral movement and and and, and shifting um, like not only like like where he's going in the offensive zone, but also the angles like which he's attacking defensive structures. It kind of just prod holes into them. Uh, and I thought that that I was still quite good in, in this game, but uh, he struggled a lot with the puck on a stick. I thought he became a bit static. And I thought that uh, with the puck, he was really trying to do everything on his own. He really looked like he was on a solo mission in this game rather than playing with his teammates. And I noticed that a little bit towards the end of last season too with the NTDP where he'd been playing with them for like five or 10 games at that point. And I kind of saw a similar thing where Hagens, for instance, looked like he was the best player on the team. But yeah. that's 2025 NHL draft eligible James Hagens, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but whereas Eisenman looked like a very good player playing in the lineup rather than on the team. And I saw a similar thing here. So I'm curious to kind of see how that develops throughout his draft year. If he really is able to start clicking with line mates and playing in tandem with them, mm -hmm. uh, rather than trying to do a lot of things on his own. But yeah, like his strengths as a goal scorer were quite clear in this game. Like the instincts are great. The shot is really, really strong. Like he's one of the best pure goal scorers in this class for sure. Uh, but there's also definitely elements of his game that remind me a little bit of a guy like Alexander Holtz, for instance, where he has those couple high-end tools to put the puck in the net, but the complementary assets are definitely still quite raw at this stage. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you said it really well when you said he, he felt more like a player um, who was – he was a good player on the team rather than a part of the cog, um, like a cog in the machine, rather. Um, he's a player who – in isolation does a lot of things good when it comes to creating space in the offensive zone in terms of exploiting opportunities to use a shot. I just don't think he sets himself up well enough, um, you know, before he gets to the offensive zone in order to help himself get the best chance possible. You know, he's going to get a lot more shots if he contributes defensively, if he, um, you know, places himself in positions where he's not the primary offensive force, but he's setting himself up to create a, to create space for his teammate. I love his offensive zone movement, but I do want to add a caveat to that. He uses his offensive zone movement in order to create, to create chances for himself exclusively. I don't see him yes. moving the offensive zone to create space for his teammates. Um, he doesn't yet have the awareness to occupy space um, in order to draw a player in and open up a passing lane to a teammate, for example, or that kind of thing. When he moves in the offensive zone, it's with the express purpose of putting a shot to work, which is good. I mean, he's a goal scorer. Um, but it takes advanced awareness to be able to move off the puck in ways that help your teammates as well. And that'll get him more shots. Because then after he opens up a passing lane to his teammate, he can crash the net. He can, um, you know, screen the goaltender, that kind of stuff. I mean, the stuff you want to see from a power forward. I don't see a power forward game from him yet. I see a, a very good sniper. Um, you know, if, if we're talking about current, you know, NHL players, he reminds me a lot more of a less good skating Cole Caulfield than a Josh Anderson, for example. 
Like that's the that's more the profile of player I'd give him. Um, but he has all the individual individual tools to become a power forward. I just don't see him. Um, I don't see. I don't see the power forward mindset. I don't see the mindset of dragging the puck to the net through three players. You know, out muscling players along the boards. You know, cycling pucks, that kind of stuff. He's a lot more of a passive, move and shoot type of player. Um, those have their merits. Um, but so far for me, he's he's more of an outsider to the top five than a definite top five player um, for and, the twenty twenty four draft. So. And he's kind of the consensus number two guy at, at this point, at least from what yeah. I've seen in terms of like the rankings that are already out there. Like he's mm-hmm. kind of like ahead of Ivan Demidov in most in, in, in most consensus rankings, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I don't quite see yet either. Uh, yeah. That said, I do think there's a fairly clear path for him to take some pretty big strides. Again, mm-hmm. there's one of the, the younger players in the draft class, which yeah. definitely has some merit. And as you said, he does not play like a power forward yet. He can be quite individualistic. But if he start, starts to learn to use his teammates in tandem to, to kind of create opportunities both for himself and for them, while also implementing more of that power forward mentality of grinding his way towards the net rather than trying to sneak his way towards open space, mm-hmm. I think that could already really change the way that he approaches the game and and and. Uh, maybe make his on-ice value a bit more in line with what the results are already indicating that he is. And he's putting up a ton of goals already early on in the USHL season here. But the USHL is a league where individualistic players really can thrive. And uh, I think one of the reasons that I, I, I like to look at international tape, especially against U20 competition of draft eligible players, is... Yeah that's not really a stage where you can be overly individualistic and you're kind of forced into uncomfortable situations. And I think one thing that kind of stood out to me in this viewing of Iserman was that he just looked uncomfortable the entire game. I didn't see him trying things to become more comfortable on the ice. He was just like, Oh, this is a situation where I'm not really in my element. And he just kind of stayed in that spot the entire game. Whereas I would have kind of liked to have seen him just try things and but probably fail at a lot of them, but at least just make attempts to try to like mm-hmm. shift the way that he's, he's approaching the game against that style of competition. Yeah. But he was still very much the same style of player in the third period mm-hmm. as he was in the first. And yeah. that you'd like to see like the super high end, like top three potential players to shift how they approach a game period to period to period yeah exactly exactly i mean that's what made Connor bedard such a special prospect um is that adaptability that ability to to shift the way he plays based on the circumstances based on the level of competition and based on what other teams and, and, the, and his opponents are doing to him um just shifting slightly the way that he plays in order to adapt to that i haven't seen that yet from iserman but it's very early in the season and we'll give him a solid chance to um you know, prove us wrong so far and, and show us what he can do at, at uh, as, the, as the season develops, obviously. Uh, but that wraps things up for our first segment regarding Cole Eichemann. We'll talk about um, a kind of undermentioned player in Kadem Lindstrom, who's also eligible for the 2024 draft and is off to a very good start um, in the WHL. Uh, we'll get after that right after these messages here at Locked On NHL Prospects. If you're ever looking for last-minute tickets to an event, uh, whether that's a hockey game, any other sport, even concerts, anything you're looking for in terms of events uh, that require tickets, GameTime has you covered. Um, they're a personal favorite of mine. I use them all the time. 
uh, when I'm, um, you know, when I find myself free on one afternoon um, out of nowhere, my, sh my schedule's pretty shifty. So that happens occasionally where I have an afternoon free and I've got some money to spare. So I'll uh, fire up game time to see if there's a local game going on that I can get tickets to last minute. And they've almost always got the best deals um, and they're able to get you covered very, very uh, quickly. They, um, within a couple minutes after your purchase, you get a, um, a, a, a ticket, an electronic ticket that you can scan, get in, watch the game, have some fun. Um, even after the game has started, you can still get tickets through game time, which is really fun. There's a lot of advantages with them. Um, first, you really never have to worry about uh, reliability. You always get your tickets um, on time and um, within reasonable delay of having bought them. Um, they're also really reliable in terms of showing you exactly where your seat will be. Uh, they've got really good, um, you know, seat view um, technology that shows you exactly where you'll be sitting, what your view is going to be on the ice, for example. Um, and they really, I mean, they're all in price to show your total upfront. You never have to worry about, um, you know, excess, uh, excess, uh, on, on your bill, that kind of thing, you know, surprise fees, that kind of stuff. They're really upfront and reliable about how much you're going to pay for your tickets. Um, so take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. You can download the game time app, create an account and use the code locked on NHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account and redeem the code locked on NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it literally every day. I gave AG1 a try because I wanted something that supported whole body health without having to take multiple pills in the morning in terms of vitamins, that kind of stuff. Just drink AG1 in the morning. It's got you covered for your entire day um, of, uh, you know, nutrition requirements. Uh, you know, they've got a bunch of vitamins and minerals that help you out in terms of making sure that you stay energized and healthy throughout the day. Um, I drink AG1 in the morning um, before, uh, before breakfast. Um, so what I'll do is I'll usually, you know, get a cup of water, um, drop some AG1 in there, give it a drink, then I'll start my morning routine, you know, um, fruits, coffee, that kind of stuff to get me started on the day. And it really makes me feel like I'm ready to take on my day. Um, and, and you know, it, it keeps me energized throughout the day. I feel a big difference between when I take it and when I don't. Um, so it's very useful in terms of keeping you healthy there. Um, you know, great athletes all have one thing in common is that they keep, they take care of their bodies. And a huge part of that is, um, you know, taking care of your, uh, nutrition with whole body health. Um, it's a micro habit that, de that delivers big benefits and helps just about everybody take care of their health every day. If a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. So you go to AG1, sorry, you go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Check it out. All right, so moving on to Caden Lindstrom, um, a very interesting prospect that kind of got some some decent traction in the last couple of days. He's still a player we don't really see talked about too much, um, but he's been getting some traction recently. We wanted to give him a look, so we've each watched a game of his, um, and I was fairly impressed with what I saw from him in these viewings. I mean, first and foremost, we're looking at a player who sets the tone very early. Um, he fits the, the identity of the Medicine Hat Tigers really well. Um, he's the type of player who plays with a chirpiness with a, with a, you know, a, a kind of, he's very active between the whistles. I should say that. I mean, 
almost constantly was getting in players' faces after the whistle, chirping them very clearly. I mean, he was looking them straight in the eye and saying some things that got him some face washes. Like, he's he's that type of player. <laughs> but on top of that, I was really impressed with um, the, the reaction time on him. The way he's able to kind of identify his, his next play really quickly and make either a quick one-touch pass or, you know, take a quick shot on net. He works the net front a lot, especially on the power play. Um, and that suits him really well because of how quickly he's able to react to loose pucks. Um, that netted him a goal um, and also got him an assist as he played a one-touch pass to a player. With his back to the play, he just immediately knew that this player was going to be there. Um, the reaction time is really interesting. And yeah, like I said, trips a lot, a lot of post-visual shenanigans. Um, but the puck skills are definitely there. I'm not, I'm not sold on the skating stride, though. I feel like there's, you know, he's he's fairly rapid. He's got really good crossover use, but the form's a bit weird. I don't see a lot of width in this base. I don't see a lot of balance. Um, what are your thoughts, though, on, on Caden Lindstrom so far? Yeah, he's a ton of fun. Uh, like, I think the skating I'm not overly concerned of because mm -hmm. in the end, he covers a ton of ice yeah. fairly efficiently. Uh, yes, it is not the prettiest stride in the world, uh, but mm -hmm. he's going to work on it. And especially with bigger players, it usually takes a little bit longer for them to work out those kinks and stride mechanics. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not too, too worried on that front just yet. Um, but he's, he's really, really enjoyable to watch. Uh, he, he plays a true power forwards game as a mm -hmm. natural centerman, which I really like. Like you, yeah. like typically in the NHL now, you really see power forwards mainly reserved for wingers. Uh, mm. So it's always nice to see a, a a true center playing a real power forward game, and he really does. Like he mm -hmm. he crashes the slot. He's constantly trying to drop the shoulder, try to mm -hmm. to, to force his way to the net front. Yeah, uh, he 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 loves to attack off the rush and attack with speed. So mm -hmm. working on this game mechanics will benefit him a ton uh, by making those attacks more fluid and more comfortable for him. But yeah. he's still able to do so against the WHL competition quite easily with his mm -hmm. current skating base. And I don't think he's going to graduate from the WHL in the next two years. So yeah. he'll have some time to kind of work out on the, on the skating there. And defensively, I, I quite like um, how aggressive he can be. He, he likes to close his gaps quickly and be just a real nuisance to, to play against in his own zone. Uh, he can sometimes forget to scan defensively, he can kind of get a bit tunnel visioned at times and, and hyper-focused on the puck carrier. So I wouldn't call him like a really high-end defensive player just yet, but I think yeah. that he has all the makings to become a real nuisance in the defensive zone and to be a pretty effective F1 uh, in the offensive zone as a four-checker. He's really, really good at applying pressure of players that are skating towards him. He's a bit less effective when there's dangers all around him, like in the defensive zone. Uh, but yeah, a ton of things to be really excited about. And with the puck on a stick, he's a fairly strong handler. He tries to find simple solutions to complex problems. Uh, like He tries to simplify his play and he doesn't try to do too, too much, mm -hmm. which I always appreciate. He values possession. If he's under pressure, he's going to try to quickly find an outlet and try to get the puck to a teammate. Uh, he, he plays an overall, like, fairly like professional style of, of power forward hockey which is always encouraging to, to see in a chl player uh but yeah I, I i've been impressed and i think if we're talking draft ranges right now i'd, I'd be probably siding to like that 12 to 25 range at the moment which is yeah. a really good start to the season for lindstrom for sure 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned him being, you know, the type of player who's probably going to spend a couple of years uh, in the WHL. Um, he fits the identity of the Medicine Hat Tiger so well that I would absolutely not be surprised to see him with a letter on his shirt, maybe even a C. Um, he's that type of player, uh, really engaged, really intense. Um, I just, I want to see, you know, I, I feel like once he begins to understand how to use timing, how to use timing and how to manipulate timing, he's going to become a lot better of a player because a lot of his plays are one touch plays. A lot of his plays are plays that accelerate the pace of, of the game. Yes. Um, but to, I would love to see him slow it down to see him manipulate timing that way. Cause He's really good at speeding things up. He's really good at at jump starting plays. You know, he's he's a he's a catalyzer at at his, at his yeah. core, right? But I want to see him kind of slow down and manipulate plays, especially laterally, kind of just holding on to the puck for a split second, that kind of thing. I think his first play of the game that I watched, he set the tone with a massive hit off in the first seconds of the game, got the puck, and then immediately played it right on a team on an opponent's stick. Um, because he was trying to accelerate the play. Instead, he, what he could have done was hold on to the puck for a second, wait for that skating lane, that passing lane to open, and then he would have hit his, his teammate in space. Um, I was concerned off the bat with the um, the lack of kind of manipulation and deception in his passing game, even though his passing game strong because of his quick reactions and his ability to yeah. know his next play before he gets the puck. Um, but as the game went on, I saw a lot more manipulation and deceptions and other areas of his game, his shot, his stick handling, uh, his skating routes, um, you know, faking a pass one way, spinning off a player, that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm not too concerned with the manipulation and deception, but I am concerned with the, the, the usage of timing. Um, cause that's the difference for me with, with Lindstrom either becoming a top six player or a bottom six player, um, is his ability to manipulate timing. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see how that develops. Um, but do you think he gets there? Do you think he, he kind of projects as more of a top six player? Can you see him in that role? Or is he the type of player who will be a very impactful kind of bottom of the lineup player? I think we're going to spend the next uh, seven, eight months debating that and figuring yeah. it out in our draft rankings. <laughs> I, I think that the, like one of the, the, the toughest things to kind of spot early on in draft cycles is the difference between a middle six projection and a top six projection because yeah. – there's it really does come down to pretty small details and in, in projection and especially when you're watching an 18 year old trying to project if it's going to be a third liner or the second liner in five years time it comes down to pretty small small margins in the end uh but so far i'm quite i'd say i'm a bit optimistic with lindstrom i quite like what i've seen so far i think that the pace he has the the overall toolkit he has is really really encouraging and uh, that, that that kind of learning to to be more patient on the puck is something that players usually learn a bit later on in their careers, like maybe like at the later seasons of their, of their junior careers. Uh, so I would say I'm, I'm a bit optimistic for Lindstrom right now, as of right now, but it's still very much a first impression early on in the scouting season here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was a solid first impression for sure. Yeah. Uh, but that wraps things up for a second segment. Now we'll talk about uh, Igor Chernyshov, a personal favorite of mine in this third segment. But before, quick word from our sponsors over at uh, FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose, that you can spend on anything, ranging from player props to spreads to over and unders and far more. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. 
So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, so closing things off, uh, we've got Igor Chernyshov, a personal favorite of mine that I've been following for a decent amount of time. And um, safe to say that so far, there's been some decent progression in this game, uh, but a lot of the same as well, which is good because he does a lot of things very well. Um, talk me through what you saw from this game, because I've got already a good impression of kind of what the play style is for him. But this was this was one of your first viewings of his, right? Yeah, I think it was my second official viewing, but my first one was back in the summer. So I, 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 uh, it felt like a reintroduction of sorts here, and I, I really enjoyed everything I saw, I saw in this game. He played uh, like the game I watched was against MHL competition, and you watched a game against KHL competition. Yeah. And considering that my main takeaway from the game was this guy should not be in the MHL, and that is for the good of the MHL <laughs> and for his own development, yeah. uh, like. He he uh, he stood out tremendously in this game against junior competition, and mm-hmm. he played the style of play of like an AHL player. He was constantly initiating contact. He was constantly playing with a ton of pace. He was constantly trying to rile up his competition. And against MHL opponents, that doesn't really do much. It just kind of scares them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he just like dominated the entire game, and yep. his tools toolkit was really on full display. Uh, he's a really strong skater. I really like his edge work. He's really good and tight of yep. maneuvering around opponents and through opponents, solving complex situations. He has a wicked shot. He's a really, really good goal scorer. He really has the mold of like the modern European power forward. Uh, so I'm thinking of guys stylistically, t- stylistic comp- comps here, not not direct, but the style of guys like Ranton and Slavkovsky, for instance, where where the style of play is kind of built on a combination of strength, power, skill, finesse, and adaptability on the ice. Yep. And uh, Chernichop has, has, all, has all of those assets uh, like easily. And mm-hmm. I thought he was really, really strong in this game. I thought there were a couple weaknesses. He was a little bit more static in possession of the puck than without it. Off puck, he was really dynamic. He was constantly, like, in, he's constantly moving, constantly switching angles, constantly applying pressure. But with the puck on the stick, slight during the headlights uh even against mhl competition he became a lot more static a lot more uh like like single tracked kind of in the offensive zone where he'd try one thing and that wouldn't work and then kind of panic but mm-hmm. off puck he's so adaptable and and really dynamic but with the puck that was a bit less clear so i think his on puck play still has a bit of, of growing to do whereas his off puck game is already very very strong and the other thing I noticed was that like his processing speed and his composure kind of in line with that on puck play are things I kind of want to see develop against professional competition and see how that kind of works against those higher end opponents. Uh, because in this game, it didn't bite him, but I did notice a couple instances where he didn't process a play particularly quickly and there wasn't necessarily like, like a haste in his decision making. He was perhaps a little bit. Uh, complacent uh, but mm-hmm. those are things that usually get ironed out pretty quickly at the professional level so I'm very yeah. curious to hear what, what you saw in your viewing of him at the KHL level because I think that's 
probably closer to where he should be than the MHL. Oh, for sure. hundred percent. Um, that was more of a speed. And even then he was, he was still finding ways to stand out against KHL competition. I mean, the fundamentals with, with Chernyshov are so solid. I mean, we talk about his, his physical prowess. He's a player who's strong, who's also agile, like really agile and tight. Uh, he's able to, to turn corners so agile, and, yeah. and separate laterally so well. Um, his skating's really solid. Um, so the physical tools already kind of there as a, as a, as a, kind of base to, to work his game off of but the intricacies and details of how he engages physically um the details of how he finds space off the brush his, his rush patterns and the way he, he he finds the right amount of spacing in order to work with uh, off the rush and on the breakout there are so many little fundamentals i want to point one out which is really important which is position before possession um i might i might talk about that a lot this year so i just want to explain what that means it is essential when you're heading into a board battle to establish body positioning before even attempting to get the puck like that's step one is making sure that you've got the better positioning um in terms of the, the 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 contact with the defenseman as you're getting into a corner for uh, a puck retrieval on the forecheck, for example, Chernyshov has that down pat. He knows exactly how to place his body um, and knows to do that before even trying to get the puck. So that's already something that's super solid as a foundation to his game. Um, on top of that, there was another play that really stood out in this game. Um, he was receiving a stretch pass out of his zone. He was he had his back to the play. He took a look over his shoulder, um, identified that the stretch pass was coming and that the defenseman that was beside him was better placed in one motion. He lifted the defenseman's stick, put his stick immediately back on the ice and managed to stay offside through all of that and, and got into the offensive zone. So there's small intricate details like that, that make his game so projectable. Um, on top of that, I felt like he was a lot less deer in the headlights against KHL competition. He was a lot less, um, you know, willing to hold on to pucks too long or, you know, he, he was, he was playing more at the pace of the KHL, um, and letting that kind of dictate what happens. Because in the NHL, I feel like he knows it as well. Um, he's got of time course. and space to make plays. He's, oh, yeah. He knows he's, he's he's strong enough to push around anybody in the NHL. And I mean anybody. Um, so he can hold on to pucks. He can do basically whatever he wants. But at the KHL level, you saw a major difference in that. And I was really, really impressed with, with him in this game. I still think, as you said, the composure is a concern. Um he does tend to accelerate plays at times where he could just hold on to the puck for a sec. You saw that at the KHL level for sure. Um, I saw a player who occasionally would panic and throw pucks into areas when he had time and space to work with. For example, there's a two-on-one uh, where he had the puck and he had a, a teammate coming in. He saw the teammate was there, but instead of um, instead of shifting his skating, um, so instead of going, he, he basically went the same speed the whole time and then tried to manipulate with his with a stick handling to open up a passing lane. But the defenseman was smart enough to get in there and, and get the puck. Whereas if he had manipulated with his feet instead of his hands, he probably would have gotten that pass across. So small details like that that show a bit less composure and a bit of rawness. But overall, his game is mature. He's skilled. He's strong. He's fast. I mean, there's just so much to like in Chernyshov's game. Um and yeah, it, it, like I said, his lane switches, his rush patterns on the breakout were really impressive. Um, he ever, he also covers often for his defensemen. You saw that a lot in the KHL, which is a thing that usually, I mean, rookies in the KHL tend to get overexcited and try to blow the zone and try to create offensively and, and stick handle through everybody. That's not Chernyshov's game. 
he knows what works and he sticks to it. And that's just amazing. And it makes you smile as a scout watching his games. So yeah, I was very impressed with the, with the tape and, um, and the KHL. There were a couple hiccups, you know, your, your typical growing pains for, I mean, other than Matt Vemichkov and like generational Russian prospects, like n- no Russian rookie will basically excel in their first year in the KHL. That's just not how it works. Um, but yeah, it, he's just, really impressive um there's so many so many things to build off of in this game that for me he's definitely a top 10 talent um he, he's shown that so far in the four or five viewings i've gotten from him so far and i feel like you're going to agree the more you watch him especially in the khl yeah. you're going to see a bit more of what i mean in terms of he plays the style of a pro and plays the the way he adapts the way he plays to his competition essentially which is a, a thing that we didn't see with Kolajman that we definitely see yeah. with, with, with Igor Chernyshov. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of power forwards, he's probably my favorite in this draft class. Um, I can say that for I sure. Would, I would concur from my, my sample so far in the draft class. Uh, yeah. Even if you throw in Cole Eisman there, and whether or not he's a power forward is definitely a bit contentious, yeah. uh, as we discussed earlier in this episode. But mm-hmm. even if you throw him in there, uh, so far I've been more impressed with Chernyshov than I have with Eisman in like, just overall as a prospect. So... Yep. It's going to be interesting think... to keep watching that the, the, this season, but uh, yeah, Chernyshov's not the bigger name than Eisman as of yet, but yeah. I think he will be eventually. Absolutely, uh, yeah, he he's probably the best. Uh, he's probably the best forward at playing in tight quarters in this draft. Like, understandable, it, yeah. Like <laughs> the, the, the three, four feet around him, he dominates that so well. His hands and tight are insane. So yeah, no, I'm I'm a really big fan of Chernyshov so far, and I'll keep a good look to see if if that progresses because I've seen some small progress in his ability to play under physical pressure. So I'm hoping that continues within this game. But that wraps things up for today's episode. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next. We've got a mailbag uh, tweet out on Twitter as well. If you want to participate to that, um, make sure to to take care of that as well. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. For your second listen of the day, make sure to check out Lock on sports today they've got all your news and updates about what's going on in sports and make sure to tune in for tomorrow as uh, we answer some questions uh, watch a couple more tape uh, talk about a couple more prospects that's all coming up soon this has been hattie kalakesh with sebastian high and we hope you tune in next time